Hello, you're listening to the Secret Keepers Club podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. <laughs> My voice cracked. God damn it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Keepers Club. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I am just so happy to have you here. My name is Carly Aquilino, and I am your host. And we have a lot to get into this week. We have probably the most exciting and riveting week of celebrity news to get into. And we have questions that you guys sent into Secret Keepers Club at gmail.com that we're going to get into. I am recording this on Friday, the 7th. Um, because I'm going away for until next week. I'll be in Miami when you guys are listening to this. So I'm going to be away. If you need to get in touch with me, don't. And if you need to contact me and reach me, don't because I'm not around. I'm currently, as you're listening to this, as this is going into your eardrums, I am shaking my ass at a cheesecake factory. Okay, in a waiter's face in South Florida. And I'm not ashamed of it. And is the majority of my suitcase leopard? Yes. Okay, and and we all need to know that and we all need to understand that that's what's happening now. But anywho, girl, I've been locked up for a year. You know that I'm going to Miami and I'm at least going to, at the very least, I'm just going to be drinking at 10 a.m. And I think that's being a little generous. Okay, but anywho... Let's get into it, you guys. There's very, very interesting news happening. First and foremost, I would say the divorce, the divorce of the year. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates are now separating after being married for, I think, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think 27 years, which is interesting because why, you know, like, I kind of wonder, is there some kind of an infidelity there. They said that they just grew apart. I'm like, is that really the reason you got all that money on the line? You guys have a nice life. To me, I'm like, if you hate each other, can't you just buy her her own fucking house and she could just go live there? You know what I'm saying? Or she could just buy her own house, whatever. Because I know she's got money too. But to me, I'm just kind of like, what, what was the real reason? What was the real reason they got a divorce? I don't know. Do I think Bill Gates goes and cheats on, on his wife? I don't know. I can't picture it, but we, I always say this. We never know these people. You don't know anybody. So it could very well happen that this guy's like a psycho or something. But I'm like, maybe it was just Melinda. Maybe Melinda just doesn't love him anymore. You know, did she maybe see that footage of him drinking the water that the, that they made out of human shit in Africa? <laughs> did she watch that same documentary that I watched? Do you guys remember when I watched that documentary and I brought it up every single day for like three months? I brought it up on so many episodes of the podcast and then I brought it up to every single person I know and I told them the story as if it was some, some type of a hot take and an inside scoop that I knew that nobody else knew. As if there wasn't, everybody could have access to it if they just watch one Netflix documentary. If you don't know what I'm talking about, is this Netflix documentary called Inside Bill's Brain and it was all about Bill Gates and he had this team of engineers in Africa because he wanted to turn human excrement into drinking water, which is absolutely unbelievably brilliant. And this man 
Mr. Bill Gates, who's worth hundreds of billions of dollars, drank the water. And it blew me out of the fucking ozone layer. Okay. I was no longer on this. I was no longer on earth. I was in outer goddamn space because I just could not handle it. I could not handle seeing him do that and knowing what it was. And he was like, it's good. So maybe Melinda saw that. And she was just like, you kiss me with the mouth that you drank the wa- you drank that water with? Bill, come on, man. Maybe, maybe Melinda just wanted to finally get an iPhone after all these years. He's got a fucking Windows phone. And he's like, come on. <laughs> That's my Bill Gates impression. I'm sorry, but this man sounds exactly like Kermit the Frog but he's still going to get it if if I ever cross paths with him in, in Seattle. Okay. I I will find you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please don't, please don't. They're going to, this, I'm going to have a freaking FBI agents knocking on my door or something. No, I'm not going to, but picture it. First of all, me and Bill Gates have a lot in common. Number one, we both have a computer. And number two, we both are addicted to Diet Coke. And I think that that's enough to start a real relationship. I've been with people that I have less in common with, honestly. Um, But just picture it. Picture Bill Gates. He's sleeping in his bed in in fucking Seattle, Washington, right? And I don't know. I haven't seen, of course, the inside of their house. There, There was like the library in that documentary. But they don't, you know, their house is, of course, I'm sure, big, but I don't think it's a palatial kind of house. I think that they're very much like, it's decorated very much Ralph Lauren vibes, right? I, I picture him sleeping with his, his, his this guy's comforter is, is plaid. You know what I'm saying? He's not some type, they're not bougie people. They're regular, they're just regular people, which pisses me off so much when rich people are just regular people. They're like, we don't care about money. Bill Gates especially was always like that. He was always like, oh, I don't care about money. I'm giving it all away. It's like, okay, you know? But anywho, he's sleeping in his bed, right? It's 8.30 p.m., which is hilarious to think about. Bill Gates sleeping in in bed under a flannel comforter wearing his, obviously he wears a matching pajama set because rich that's some rich people shit is wearing a matching pajama set. If you wear a matching pajama set, you're rich, okay? A nice one. And then he's, it's like 8.30, he's, he's asleep. He's been asleep for probably an hour because let's be, let's be honest, right? And all of a sudden he hears this coming from, he, he, <laughs> he hears this coming from, from outside his house. <laughs> and it's me. And it's me shaking my ass on his front lawn with, a speaker that I brought to play the thong song and and a sprinkler that I'm dancing under that I plugged into his house. (laughs) Shut up, shut up. I will, I will do it, but let's talk about Melinda. Okay. So Melinda is supposed to get, cause she didn't sign a prenup, which Melinda did not sign a prenup before because I think they were together before he had money, you know? And uh, so she didn't sign a damn prenup. 
City Girls Up, City Girls Up, 65 billion points because that's what she will be worth if, if she gets half of, of uh, that's what she's due to receive. If all this goes, if, all, if her lawyers work everything out and all this goes the way it's supposed to go, right? Can you imagine $65 billion? God damn. She, it would make her the second richest woman in, in the world. Good for her, man. Good for you, Melinda. Jesus Christ. What would you do with that type of money? I don't know. I think, well, here's the thing. If you have $65 billion, right? Say you just get it. If you don't give the majority of that to charity, you're a clown. What do you need that money for? It's too much money. You don't need that, that much money. Even if you gave half of it away, you, you would still have 30, over $30 billion. It's like, get a life. You know, what do you need all that money for? So I give a bunch to charity. I would take care of my family, right? I would buy everyone the house, some shit. And then I would, I would definitely take one of those trips to the moon for sure. I would definitely take one of the trips to the moon. I would want to be one of these people that one of the first people that's going to Mars, I would try really try hard to be a Martian at that point. Cause I got the money for it. Although I know Elon Musk a few weeks ago that it was, it was all over the news saying that, um, Elon Musk, uh, what was it? He said that there's going to be a lot of people that there's probably going to be a lot of people that die in this whole process of them sending, sending humans to the moon. He said, there's going to be a lot of people that die. And, and then it brings up the question that I've asked myself a million times. And that I think I've brought up on this podcast before, would you rather die on a mission to space or in space or just die in or, or just never go? And I know my answer and you guys already know my answer. If you know me, you know, my answer It's that I'd rather die in goddamn space. Okay. Cause it's cooler to die up there. I'm sorry, but it is the me dying, going to going to Mars is a million times cooler than any way I'm going to die on earth for sure. I'm going to die in the most dumb way. I'm going to die from like leaving a tampon in, you know what I'm saying? It's either going to be that or some type of freak accident. Like I'll be swimming at the beach in Brooklyn. I'll just get swallowed whole by a shark. Be the first person in history for that to happen at Rockaway Beach. That's some shit that would happen to me only. And the shark wouldn't even chew me. He would just open his mouth and I would slide down the glizzy. And I would have to experience not only drowning, but I would have to experience getting fucking swallowed whole by a shark. Okay. Think of a worse way to die. Getting swallowed whole and then the shark and then the shark washes up on shore and people like, you know, the, I don't know what they're called. The aquatic team. <laughs> they, they cut him open and I'm, I'm in there. Like I'm in his, I'm in his stomach. And they're just like, there she is. The baddest bitch that's ever lived fully intact. And then they all cry. That's what would happen to me. I would not, I'm not going out in an easy way. I'd rather kaboom. Cause that's the thing. If you're going to space and your spaceship blows up, you just kaboom and you don't feel anything. You don't really have time to be scared. 
you just kind of blow into smithereens, which to me is ideal. One second you're alive and the next second, you don't even know what happened because you blew up in space. There is something also romantic about the fact that you would just be, you're, you're like chunks of you would just be, <laughs> chunks of me would just be floating around in outer space in the ether forever. I mean, that's a good way to go out. That's a legacy right there. The fact that I would be still floating around in outer space and, and have the opportunity, which I've always wanted to do, to go to even other galaxies, just little chunks of me, like my pinky toe, we'd be in a whole nother galaxy when the earth has already been gone for a hundred million years. I'm still, my toes out here in space floating around, man. You know? So I don't know. It seems like a pretty good deal. I, I would do it. And he was saying, and they were saying in the article, I don't know how valid that, that article was where uh, I know that what he said like was true in the article that he really said that, but I don't know. Cause there was one that was like, he's looking for volunteers to go to Mars. I'll go to fucking Mars today. I'll go to Mars the day I get back from Miami actually. Cause I would definitely want to go to Mars with a tan for sure. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that, the, the, that's pretty, that's pretty much it for me. I think I would, I would definitely rather blow to smithereens. Um, and yes, I'm saying smithereens as if I'm, I'm a cartoon in, in, you know, the early nineties, but you know what I'm talking about. And the other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about is, I don't know. I don't remember the last time we did an episode where we didn't talk about Ben Affleck. This really embarrassing story came out. This girl who made a TikTok about you know, she was like this, oh, this time that I matched with Ben Affleck on a dating app and then I unmatched him because I thought it was fake and he sent me this video and then she inserted the video in the TikTok. And it's so fucking embarrassing. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, Ben, what are you doing, man? He's like, hey, what, whatever her name is, I don't know. He's like, hey, why did you unmatch me? It's me. And, and the, the camera is so close to this man's head like he could not have, he could not have been closer to his face unless it was, it, it should have just been inside his mouth at that point, because it was a very, very close up video of, of Ben Affleck's face, which to me is very on brand to Ben Affleck and his whole vibe. He, he doesn't seem like the type of person that would plan something like that out, like plan out a shot, you know, but it's so embarrassing for honestly, listen, is it weird that he did that? I think in the age we live in, I really don't think it's weird. He wasn't threatening her. I think he was I think he was interested in her and he was trying to show her that it was actually him on this app. But I got to say this girl, I mean, it's she's doing it for attention. She's doing it for some type of a, you know, to go viral, which she did, so she got what she wanted, but it's so tacky and it's so corny to do that. And just talking in a real way, that app, Raya, you're just not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to talk about being on it. They're super secret. Like there are all these different restrictions on it. Like you can't screenshot things. You can't really talk about who you see on it. All of these things, you're not supposed to talk about it because it's a very private app. And cut to me talking about it. <laughs> and I think that, it, I mean, she definitely got kicked off after that happened. Um, if she's still on it, I don't know, but 
they're really private. Like I've accidentally screenshotted things and not even anything significant, not even like somebody's picture or somebody's profile or anything like that. And they'll like send you a notice like, bitch, don't be out here screenshotting this, you know? So it's just weird to totally violate somebody in that way and, and post a conversation that you had and, and a video. It's just so desperate and corny to me. Just, okay, okay, cool girl. Like a, a famous guy tried to bang you like, okay. We don't care, you know, we don't care. And, and I can't imagine, I mean, that must suck too. I, I, you just have to keep people's privacy in mind because that affects him. That, that makes him look embarrassed. Like he's got kids. It's just like, ugh, yikes, you know, show me more pictures of this guy's butt crack when he's bending over to pick up his you know, Dunkin' Donuts and, and that I'll talk about all day. But this scenario, I really did feel bad for him because that's kind of, I mean, if that happened to me, I would feel like, ugh, what are you doing? How desperate are you? How corny are you? And I will say that I, I really feel that way about this girl. It's tacky. Um, but hey, people will do anything for any type of recognition and, and totally disregard somebody's uh, privacy and all this stuff. But Jesus Christ, is it embarrassing? Jesus Christ, is it embarrassing? I mean, I've been on that app for so long. I don't even remember though the last time. Because <laughs> I'll, I go on and I swipe, and then I'll match with people. And if people message me, I just never, I never answer. I'm the worst. I never answer. So if you went through my messages right now, it'd be like, hey, and then like five days later, just like, wow, <laughs> so bad. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I just am not interested. I just, I don't know why I even go on it. I don't know why I even swipe. I think I'm just like bored, but I haven't met up with somebody from it in a really, really long time. Um, trying to think of the last time I, I went on a riot date. Oh my God. It's one that we, that I talked about on the podcast. Oh my God. You guys are going to remember this story. If you heard it, if you didn't. Okay. Let me break it down for you. So you go to meet up with this guy And we go to this wine bar, right? Which, you know me, I don't give a shit about wine. But I was like, yeah, cute. Like, I don't care. And we go, and I immediately didn't like him because I was being, I was being honest. I was like, oh, I don't really know much about wine. Like, what do you recommend? Because that's what I always do. What do you think I should get? If I'm with somebody that knows about wine, I'm going to ask you what wine to get because I don't fucking know. And he's like, oh, you don't know about wine? (laughs) First of all, dude, get pussy one time in your life. Get pussy one time because you never have if you're talking to me like that. So condescending for no reason. And then he's like, I'm a wine snob, which I mean, I want to blow my brains out at this point already. And I've been there for five seconds. So then we're talking and he's, of course, so boring and was talking. And I just, the entire time I was counting down the minutes and didn't want to be rude where I was just like, wanted to just get up and leave, but I didn't because I was being nice. And then I finally get a goddamn word in edgewise and I'm talking and I'm obviously very interesting and fun. And I look down and tell me why my titty popped out. And it was just out of my shirt. (laughs) Like, I was like, hello. 
you weren't going to tell me. And he's like, what? I didn't even notice. I'm like, you didn't notice my tit was out at a wine bar, dude. Really? And it wasn't like, oh, under a table, girl. It was like, it was out. (laughs) It was out. Okay. Jesus Christ. He's like, what did you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know. It's not even big. Put a little book of matches over it or something. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Fuck out of here. And, and please, somebody explain to me why that guy still texts me. Tell me why I heard from him a couple weeks ago. And I, I was stared at my phone confused as if a Martian texted me. But anywho, that was the last riot date I went on. And he was one of those guys where it's just like, he thinks, um, I don't know. He was like, this was like two years ago, by the way. I haven't been on one of these dates in a really long time. I'm just not interested in any of it. Cause I also don't care if people are famous and I just kind of, I'm just, it's too much. But yeah, he was like weirdly trying to like flex by telling me certain things, like trying to make me, um, I don't know, impressed by him ha- having some type of money. And I'm like, dude, I literally could not care less about your financial, about your finances. Truly. I mean, if you're Bill Gates, let's talk, you know, but anywho, that's that you guys. Okay. You guys just a quick word from our friends over at hello fresh with hello fresh. You get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Hello fresh offers 25 recipes to choose from each week from vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. You can try these meals and get them ready in 20 minutes or less, lightning prep recipes and quick breakfasts and lunches. Perfect for your busy schedule. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant without sacrificing the quality. HelloFresh even has been named Newsweek's most trusted meal kit company of 2021 with over 4 million households served. You guys know I love things like this. They make your life so much easier. Whenever I have a recipe, I end up forgetting the most important thing at the grocery store. And then I have to leave my house and go. And then I have to come back and put my eating pants on. And then I forgot something else. So I have to go back and forth to the grocery store a million times. This makes it so simple. And you know, I absolutely love HelloFresh. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash SecretKeepers12 and use code SecretKeepers12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com com slash secret keepers 12 and code secret keepers 12 for 12 free meals including free shipping um we're gonna get into some emails here that you guys again sent into secret keepers club at gmail.com you can always send them in and we'll read them on the episode if you um if you sent one in and it hasn't been answered, please send it in again to bump it up because as I always say you know sometimes these things kind of slip through the cracks here. And let's get into it. Okay, this one says, am I too nice or stupid? Please help a girl out. Hey, Carly, I'm a fan. Love listening to the podcast. And I would love to hear your thoughts on my situation. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. 
So here it goes. I was in a relationship with a great guy for almost three years. A year into the relationship, he asked me to move in. At first, I was not sure, but with time, I agreed and moved in. Life was great, and we got along very well, and we began to plan our life together. We were going to get a house, um, got him on my phone plan. I meet his mom. For, uh, why are we getting guys on our phone? Why are we getting a guy on our phone plan? I'm sorry. I don't know if that's what this email is about, but the fact that you got him on your phone plan, it, getting someone on your phone plan is like a lot of work. If I didn't give birth to you, get your own fucking phone plan. Or hey, if I didn't give birth to you or if I'm not married to you, because I think married people probably are on the same phone plan, right? Oh, well, this makes sense then. I'm sorry that I judged you. Because if you guys were living, eh, still, you're not married. Anywho, I love that that's how I de determine if a relationship is serious. I'm like, well, phone plan, big step. Okay. Okay, so let's see. Uh, we plan to meet his mom and plan a trip to his hometown to meet the rest of his family. Two months before we had this trip to his hometown, he asked me if we could have a talk. We talked and he told me he wasn't sure if he felt it anymore or if he ever felt it at all. I, of course, burst into tears and asked him what he meant. Do you not love me? Are you not attracted to me anymore? The answer he gave me, no, I don't know what it is. The next, <laughs> what girl, what do you mean you don't know what it is? Um, the next day I told him, let's take a break and we'll see what happens. And he cried and I cried and we said our goodbyes and I moved out. I didn't take all my clothes. Two weeks passed. Uh, he asked me to talk and said that he had a letter for me because he could not express his feelings any other way. Once I read the letter, I knew we were over. I went back to our apartment and took all my stuff and he was crying and I was crying. And one thing led to another. Oh, no. Not one thing led to another. I know what the next sentence is going to be. Okay. One thing led to another and we bang. Okay. Knew that was going to happen. I left and told him I love him because I still do. Because I'm crazy. I checked our phone plan. Oh, okay. This is where the phone plan thing comes in to see if he at least had called his mom. To my surprise, there was a number that kept popping up. I thought it was a friend of his. Fast forward a week, he started um, checking up on me to make sure that I was okay. It gave me a sense of hope because I thought we could get back together. Well, soon enough, my niece needed a new phone because she broke her phone, so I gave her an old phone of mine. My boyfriend had used that phone before, and the next day, I got home from work, and my niece showed me a text from the phone that my... Now X had sent the number that he had been calling and texting a lot. Okay, so she gave her niece an old phone that her boyfriend used to use. And he she found, I guess, old messages of him talking to this number that she saw on the phone bill. The text was extra flirtatious and it was one of his coworkers. I set up a day to call him and told him I couldn't talk to him anymore because I loved him and I wanted to be able to move on. I expected him to say something, but he didn't say anything. Only I understand. When I told him have a nice life, he said, this is fucked up. It's like you're planning on never talking to me again. He doesn't know that I saw any of the calls or the text message. Um, and we had agreed to be friends. Should I let should I give it time and try to be friends later? Should I just never talk to him? Should I confront him and tell him that I know that he cheated? I would love to hear your advice and sorry for the long message. Girl, why are you even considering being friendly with this person that hurt you? He doesn't deserve that. That's the thing. 
that's the worst is when somebody hurts us and they're like, Hey, but can we still be friends? No. You want to know why? Cause I'm a good friend and you don't deserve that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do things on your terms after you hurt someone. That's not how it works. And of course you really love him because you wouldn't even be considering this if you didn't. I know that he hurt you. I know that he put you in a bad spot and he made, he made you feel like an asshole and you kind of wanted, I think that when you said something to him, I, I think more so than wanting closure so that you could move on, you wanted him to fight for the relationship and, and apologize and want to start things over again. And just based on his actions, I mean, he's telling you by his actions that he's not, he's not capable of giving you what you need. He told you that he wasn't sure if he felt this way anymore. He, you guys decided to break up. He wrote you this letter. It, you know, later on, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. You find out that he was cheating on you or he was talking to somebody at work. You have all of the answers already. He's not the one. He's not the person for you. And he's not a good friend because if he was, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done all this shit in the first place. So, you know, he wouldn't have gone behind your back and was shady and all of this stuff. So I think that you need to really try and move on. And, um, <clears throat> you know, in these types of situations, hope is the worst thing because people breadcrumb us. That's what it's called. It's breadcrumbing where they give you a little bit. So you come back and you feel good. And then they do the same shit over again. You know, I was reading something the other day and it was pretty much saying, stop being surprised when people keep treating you like shit. That's it in, in my type of language. It, it was said a lot more eloquently than that. But that's really what it is. Why are we constantly surprised by people who have done nothing but hurt us? You got to move on, girl. I know it's easier said than done. I'm not trying to make it seem like it's an easy thing. But um, it's time. It's time. He's not the one. Don't waste your time. Get him off your phone plan too, by the way. Fucking get out of here with that. Okay, you guys, this next one says bad X FMK at the end. Hey, Carly, first off, you are my favorite comedian. and I love your podcast. Kiss you right on the lips. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I have an on and off issue. I'm 43 years old. And when I was in my thirties, I dated a guy for four years and he became abusive mentally and eventually physically. I moved out and moved on. I'm now married to a wonderful man and I'm very happy. The issue is I have a lot of resentment slash hatred towards my ex. I know a lot of people feel that way about their exes, but I never had until him. I had never been in an abusive relationship before him. I just want to feel nothing toward him like he's invisible. We have a lot of mutual friends and run into each other every once in a while. I ignore him, but I boil inside after seeing him every time. After seeing him, my anger and resentment last for a couple of days. I don't want to waste any more energy on this. It's not healthy and I don't know what to do. P.S. I can't get around not seeing him since he's it's, since it's always in public places. Okay. And then she gives a fuck, Mary kill that we'll do at the end. <clears throat> um, first of all, I'm sorry that this happened to you. This really sucks. I'm glad that you got out of it and, and you moved on and you're happily married now. And this is something that I never really talk about. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the podcast. And it's not because I, um, you know, I'm bottling it up or pushing it down or, anything like that is just simply because some people don't deserve to live in my brain and 
you know, be discussed in my life and, and have my energy put into them. But I was in a relationship that was kind of similar than this, um, where, you know, in the beginning, it seems, you know, there are certain things that happen that seem kind of innocuous and then time goes by and you end up noticing that these were red flags of, you know, abuse and control, you know, controlling behavior and, um, manipulation and all these terrible things. And I think after I went through it, um, you know, there was a good amount of time where I felt angry towards him and, and it is a visceral anger. It's a real anger. It's kind of like, uh, hard to explain. You like clench your jaw and you're just like, Oh my God, I want to punch a wall. You know, I never punched a wall. So, you know, thinking about him really made me angry and it just really pissed me off and boiled my blood. And I think I realized that, you know, I, I remember thinking about it in this way. I remember thinking about it in a way where it was like, you know, I got this terrible, these terrible things had happened. I got out of the relationship and I let go and I moved on and I worked on myself and I was really happy and I became, you know, I got into a relationship with somebody that I really loved that felt like home to me. And I was in a very healthy, happy place. And I remember thinking, why does this person, I, I, I went through this already. You know, this person hurt me before. Why am I still allowing them to hurt me now? And again, this is another thing where I know this is easier said than done, but I kind of looked at it as you didn't deserve me then, especially you don't deserve me now when I've moved on and I'm doing something different with my life and I'm happy in another relationship. Why do you get to even take up space in my brain and in my heart? You know, why, why am I the only one that's been hurt by this? And why am I continuously hurt by this? You know, cause it, who, who fucking knows if he gave a shit. So I kind of looked at it in that way and I wouldn't call it forgiving somebody because I don't even know who that's for. I think him and I had spoken about it afterward. You know, he had, you know, trying to be a good guy, trying to be a charming guy had said, do you forgive me? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I don't, sorry. I don't even think about you. You know, I'm not even mad. I'm not mad at you, but I don't feel anything about you. I don't, you don't live in my head at all. I think to forgive someone, you have to want to continue to care and love them. You know, I, I just don't care about you, <laughs> which is sounds pretty brutal to say to somebody, <clears throat> but it was true. I just kind of was like, it's also fuck you for even asking me that. That was how I felt about it too. I'm like, it is not in any way my responsibility to make you feel better about your mistakes when you're the one that put me in pain, you know, but, and it's also think of it in this way. It's not my job to carry your mistakes with me for the rest of my life. You know, some things that happen to us, they haunt us. That's not my job. You made a fucking mistake. Why am I the one that's living with it? That's not fair. So 
I don't know if that's, I, I don't know if that was helpful. These things are so specific because this is a scenario, especially where everyone deals with these things in the same way. I, I'm sorry, in a different way. Nobody deals with them in the same way. But that I remember being like, I'm not even with this person anymore and he's still pissing me off. How's that going to happen? But to me, like I was saying before, you don't get to just have space in my head. Sorry. I, I'm very good at, and I know everybody's different with this, but I'm very good at being like, okay, I'll just never think of this person ever again for the rest of my life. And then I just, I literally won't. If somebody's like fucked up, I'm just like, okay, you're out. I have other people that I want to give my, you know, energy to and, and spend time with and care about and give my thoughts and, you know, all of that. Think of it in that way. Think of yourself in and give yourself more credit and think of yourself in more of a uh, precious way. Like him being in your mind, that's a precious thing. Don't give him that. He doesn't deserve that. You know? I think it was also part of that was me thinking that I was mad at myself for allowing somebody into my life that that didn't have my best interest in mind and that was capable of being terrible and hurting me and I like I said before didn't see the signs and and was kind of in this you you get swept up in this thing and you don't see it while you're in it and you don't see it until you get out of it and it's just so toxic and it, and it's so dysfunctional and and manipulative and you're just kind of you don't see it but other people do but I think that I was disappointed in myself for allowing this person into my life and for spending time with him and, and for caring about him, you know? And I had to, I think a big part of it was, was forgiving myself for that because it wasn't my fault, you know? And it was just kind of like, I had a bad, I, I have a tendency of, seeing the good in people when there are a lot of red flags right in front of my face. And I had to forgive myself for that, you know, and you have to, you have to do that too. I think that's what it is. It, it, it made me mad that I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I even spent time with this person and, and cared about this person enough to have allowed myself to be in a position to be hurt by this idiot, you know, cause this guy's a fucking schmuck. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think that's, you know, me forgiving. I, I know I mentioned that before, but I don't think that's me forgiving him. That's just kind of me being like, I don't even care. I, I, I just don't, I'm not going to allow you to take up any space in, in me anymore. Um, all right. I hope that was helpful. I'm sorry if it wasn't, but like I said, these things are very, um, it depends on everybody deals with things so differently. Um, but I'm sorry that happened to you. And we'll do the, we'll do the fuck Mary kill at the end. Okay. So there's another one here. 
This one says, will a sister ever make it in NYC? Fuck, Mary kill included. Ooh, we got a fuck, Mary kill. And we have another fuck, Mary kill that somebody sent in that was exclusively a fuck, Mary kill email, I believe. So we're going to get into that too. So this one says, hi, Carly. Before I get into it, quick side note, I'm the milk before cereal gal. Oh, good. And no, I was not the same person who asked you on Patreon. That was so funny that I got the same question two times in a week. One was on Patreon and what was on the uh, regular podcast. And I was like, is this the same girl? <laughs> I thought maybe it was the same girl. I'm like, she really wants to know. Um, but whatever universe we live in where you got that question twice in one week. <laughs> so let's get to my question. I have a younger sister. She's 25 and she's been living in Brooklyn for about four years now. I'm asking this question for her because I literally don't know what advice to give her anymore. She's the kindest, smartest, most hardworking, and quite frankly, probably the coolest person I know. And I need her to catch a goddamn break soon. So here's a problem. She's been trying to get into the music industry since she graduated college and pre-COVID had worked at low level positions at music agencies, an intern and office assistant. She got furloughed during COVID and has been nannying this little whack job for the past few months and she hates it. Her dream job would be in music supervision. Since I didn't know what that meant, I'll give you a quick rundown. Basically, it's somebody who finds and chooses music that goes into movies, TV shows, and commercials. That's a job? Girl, that is about damn the coolest damn job I ever damn heard. Okay, I see music supervision. Wow, that's a great fucking job. Hey, you want to know what? I kind of could do that job because there's certain things. It's so funny. I was hanging out with this guy and hit, like we had this playlist on, like an Apple Music playlist. You know, it plays random things. And every song that came on, we would describe a movie scene that it would go with. And it was so much fun. And they were both, we were both so on point and we were both on the same damn wavelength. Right? So I feel like if that's a, a job, I'm going to have to steal. I'm going to have to steal that idea. I'm going to have to do that for a living because I do it for free anyway. Uh, I know the music industry is tough to get into, but it's her passion. What advice do you have for her as she's starting out and starting to lose the with no end game in sight? I know she's still young, but she hasn't really been able to get her foot in the door. She doesn't want to leave the city because she loves it. So a change of city isn't the answer. I know this is a tricky question. So whatever advice you have would be appreciated. Um, okay. So the, the music industry is, is a diff, is a difficult industry to get in. Um, I think that you know, with these things, it's hard because you have your dream, you have your dream job, you have your dream that you want to, that you've been thinking about probably your whole life and, and what you went to school for and all that stuff. And it sucks. It's a harsh reality, but it sucks to be in a position where you can't find a job in, in what you're really passionate about and what you really want to do and what really makes you happy and fulfilled. Right. So of course the, what everybody does. Everybody has to start off at the lowest level in, in any type of job, especially in entertainment. You know, you have to intern and you have to do these things, which I know that she did, but I, I want to say to make her life easier, I think that she has to continue to do things to make money and to make ends meet while she's still focusing on her dream. So you know, in other words, don't say, oh, just quit your job and go try and find an internship or work for this person for free 
when you're hustling like that, you kind of have to do both until you make enough money doing the, doing your dream job that you could quit your other job. Right. Like you guys know my story and how I got started doing comedy, but I had a, I had a, I had a job. I had a job until the sec after the second season of girl code, you know, cause I was just so afraid. And I have this like, you know, never ending constant relentless fear that I'm going to not have any money and that I'm, that I, so I literally just kept my job when I was on TV and I worked five days. I worked 40 hours a week, but you know, you have to do these things until you make ends meet doing your dream job, which will happen, but it's just not something that happens overnight. I think that she should, as while she's nannying, you know, that's going to pay her rent and that's going to keep a roof over her head and all of that stuff but she should be doing some other work on the side for her passion and, and dedicating as much time as she possibly can without driving herself crazy to doing the, her music, um, her music stuff. I know that sounds kind of like shitty to say, but it's just the way that it works. You know, everybody kind of has to, if you're in the music industry, if you're in the entertainment industry, you, you start off, I mean, the lowest of the low. And that's what, and you got to work your way up. So I think continuous, like continuing, I know that you are saying, well, she doesn't, um, you know, she can't even get a foot in the door. I think her interning and her being an assistant is having a foot, is having a foot in the door. Cause that's where you got to start, you know? And eventually you get moved up. I think that even if it's a job that seems really insignificant in the grand scheme of things, it is going to be your first thing that, that gets your foot in the door. Um, because you meet people and you've been there for so long and you do your job so well that you get promoted and then you meet somebody that gives you this opportunity. And that's really all it is in, in these types of businesses, in a creative business, is you meet one person that changes your life. <clears throat> you know, and, and they give you the opportunity that you've been waiting for. So I think her not being involved in it at all in any capacity is actually what's most detrimental, but Hey, you got to pay the bills. She's got to still nanny on the side, but I would encourage her if I were you to continue to intern and continue to do these kind of like admin jobs, because that's going to get, that is getting a foot in the door. No job is too small with these types of scenarios and go in with a positive attitude and be as, as helpful as you possibly fucking can to these people and be as nice and be, um, you know, as memorable as you can so that they go, Oh, you know, who's cool. This person, let's give her this opportunity. You know, that's all it takes. That happened to one of my friends recently. She was unemployed. She had gotten laid, laid off and, she got, somebody remembered her for being really helpful and, and smart and nice and they hired her and now she has a great job. You know, once an opportunity had opened up, she got, got the job. Um, so I think that that's the best thing to do. I, I never want to tell people it's, it's so unrealistic to say like, Oh, just quit the nannying job and, and go full force. If, if you got to give it a hundred percent you still got to keep a roof over your head. It's, it's not easy. So I understand. Um, but I think she's got to do both. And you want to know what, when, when things work out for her, she's going to remember that. 
she's going to remember, you know, having this, like how I just told you the story about how I, you know, worked when I was doing TV. You remember those times, those times in your life kind of make you, uh, they, they make you a better person. Um, okay. So let's do, okay. There's a shit crap in here. We'll do that one next, but let's do this one. Okay. So this one says men are irritating. Yeah. Join the club sister. Okay. Hey, Carly, Robert and Stanley. Hope you're all doing well. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. They are so cute. You guys, my cats, sorry, this is a cat break cat nap. They are so cute and so in love with each other. And I don't know what I'm going to do when I go on vacation and I, and I can't see them. And I keep taking videos and pictures of them just to remind me of how cute they are. But I don't know what I'm going to do without these cats for a few days. They're so cute. Stanley, literally, because Robert's gigantic, right? Robert's a jungle cat at this point. Stanley sleeps on his back and, and cleans his ears. Stop. And I look at them and I go, I'm going to punch you because you're so cute. Little cuties, they're snuggling like Robert lays and Stanley snuggles up right in his belly and sleeps. And it's just very cute. I don't know what I can. I just tell you life is so beautiful with animals. And, and if you're allergic to animals, I'm so sorry. Because that's got to suck. That would drive me nuts. Um, okay. So this says, I'll try to make this brief, but I had a very strange encounter and I hope you might have some insight from an outsider's perspective. Last night, I was at a good friend's house. We were hanging out, smoking, watching movies and having a good time. My friend has a roommate that I've only gotten to know more recently and he's cool, but I don't know much about him. All I know is that he asked one of my close friends if I was single twice. Yes, uh, he's never made any type of move to get to know me better. Oh, I'm sorry. It says yet he's never made any type of move to get to know me better. Last night, somehow we all got into a deep conversation about connections and the friend zone. And I was so high. I was just kind of blurting out whatever. And I mentioned that in the past, I had often made the first move with a guy. My friend's other roommate then chimed in and was very obvious that his friend might have some type of feelings for me and said, I think you might be going on a date soon to him. He definitely didn't intend for me to hear that, but I did. And after that, things were incredibly awkward for me, at least. I was still pretty high and felt, okay, first of all, this is why I don't smoke weed. This story is why I don't smoke weed because even if probably the only person that felt uncomfortable was probably you. And, but you thought that everybody else did probably because you were so high and that's just what happens. You get this like un, unbelievable paranoia. This is why I don't smoke. Uh, anywho, I was still pretty high and felt extremely uncomfortable, but it was blatantly obvious now that his friend was pushing him to make a move on me. I felt so uncomfortable because it was a small group of us hanging out and we were all friends and I didn't want any extra attention on me. He kept pushing him to move and sit next to me. What is this fucking seventh grade? Uh, meanwhile, I'm sitting on the ground playing a board game. I felt weird vibes. And as soon as the game was over, I got up to leave. I said my goodbyes. And even before I'm out the door, his friend yells, dude, you fucked up, which was so clearly referring to him not making a move on me. It was so childish and uncomfortable. And I probably won't be going back to chill there for a while. The one friend was acting like a 12 year old trying to push him to make a move. And I don't understand how grown men do these things. Literally, girl. It's giving seventh grade vibes which is so embarrassed. I mean, guys are so, <laughs> can I just tell you something? Being straight 
being a straight woman is so embarrassing. The fact that we fuck these people. Uh, I, I, the fact that these are our options they're they're so embarrassing and also i'm the least they're i'm least compatible with them i'm the least compatible with them am i attracted to them yes but i am not compatible with straight men i'm compatible with gay people and straight girls and i'm only the only thing that i'm compatible with men is sexually compatible i'm not sexually compatible with anybody else but them so why is this such a confusing existence? Because I literally hate um, I literally hate um. Oh, I by the way, I'm working on my Australian accent before I get back to this question. Uh, here's how Australian people. This how this is this is an Australian person saying no. Ready? Nar. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Nar. Why did you guys add three R's at the end of it? That's so extra. You guys are beyond. Okay. So let's see. This guy is actually super cool, nice, and funny. However, uh, he is now in my friend group. I would possibly be open to getting to know him more in that way, but I've hooked up with slash dated other people in my friend group before. Don't come for me. Hey, girl, it happens. Trust me. And it always ends up being awkward. Now, especially with that awkward interaction last night, I feel like it's even weirder. I don't know how to proceed or even if he will actually end up making a move, but it seems like his friend was being pushy and something might happen. I have thought about the possibility of him asking me out and was open to it, but now that it's in my face, I'm definitely hesitant and I wouldn't want all of the friend group knowing that something was going on. I have a hard time opening up in general and I would like your insight on this situation in my mind it's all ruined because but I feel like getting to know him might be cool as you can see I'm very conflicted here I have a I'm a very private person if anything were to happen I definitely wouldn't want others to know am I overreacting to the situation because I was high and perceived it weird should I just be open and give it a shot uh he also does a lot of drugs very casually and I don't think I'm into someone doing all that especially now that i'm 25 i don't know thank you for your time and this wonderful podcast keep me laughing at work and i appreciate the advice and insight you might have kiss your right on the lips well thank you so much i appreciate i appreciate the kind words um here's the thing if you hook up with this guy everyone's gonna know about it so and even if you have this you know even if you have this conversation with him where you say, I don't want anybody to know about this, he's going to go, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. And then he's going to, he's going to tell everyone, you know, so sometimes situations like that, it's better to not get involved and to just not mention it, you know, don't make the first move, don't, unless he makes this kind of like grand gesture and does something actually manly and romantic. But the fact that this man, you're playing Monopoly and this man's like staring at you with his friend from across the room, it's very, uh, he would need to really show that he has balls for me to want to date him. Um, and I'm not saying he's not a cool guy. I'm not saying I, I'm sure he's hot. I'm sure he's cool. I'm sure he's funny and he's interesting to you, but to me, if he really wants to, he should make an effort to do something to take you out and all of this stuff. I don't think that you should ask him out by any fucking means. Um, because he needs to be a man in this situation because he was acting 
he was acting pretty childish. So it would be a mix of me accepting the fact that if I hook up with him, everyone's going to know about it. And also on top of that, him being um, more aggressive in the situation and asking me out and taking me out and all this X, Y, and Z. So I don't know, girl, I would probably not. uh, Cause then you get in a situation where you're like, Oh God, this guy's going to be there. I don't want to go. I don't want to see him. And then you start dating someone, you bring them around and then they got to meet. And it's just a lot. You know, it's one thing if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, but hooking up, it gets messy. It gets messy. I think that this is something I would tap out. And on top of that, you do feel uncomfortable about it. So I don't know if I would need, I don't know if I would need any more reason than that. Okay. Um, Let's get into this one. It's a shit crappins. Shit, 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 crappins. Do you remember the Global Guts song? It was like, do, 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 do you have it? Guts. <laughs> Wait, is that the shit Kravitz theme song? <laughs> Wait, why did I want to be on Global Guts so bad? I remember the host, Mo. She's, I'm from Mo from the UK. It's like, relax, you know? But anywho, shit crappens, babe. This seems very British. I don't know why. All right. Hey, Carly Robert and Stanley, longtime fan here. One of my favorite shows in junior high school was Girl Code. You were one of my favorites and still are, girl. I'll kiss you right on the lips. And now that I'm fully vaxxed, baddie. Anyway, I, I've been wanting to write in my shit crappens story for a long time. And I'm just sitting here enjoying my evening glass of wine slash bong sesh and thought that now is a good as time as any. Oh, God. Why am I already laughing? okay your girl suffers from a gnarly case of ibs the diarrhea kind yes god hates me oh you guys already know my brother had um irritable bowel syndrome (laughs) i also always i i've always been i always bring this up and i i wonder if he um cares that i tell people about this but um, yeah, we we couldn't we couldn't uh, take the bus when we were little because he he shit his pants every day on the bus. <laughs> so my mom had to <laughs> my mom had to drive us to school because he um, anytime he was in like a moving I don't know why he wouldn't shit his pants in the car but he definitely shit his pants every time we were on the bus and um, and like really really shit his pants. So my mom had to drive us to school, which was pretty cool. Um, but anywho, yeah, I, I know and love people with irritable bowel syndrome. So I'm with you on this one. So I have way too many cases of this story, but in my opinion, this is one of the best. So let me set the scene for you. I was a freshman in college dating my first serious boyfriend. And this was before I'd really come to terms with my IBS. It embarrassed me so, so bad. Now that I'm older, I've accepted the fact that there's no time to be embarrassed when you're about to shit your pants and know that hot girls have digestive issues too. Good for you, girl. This is such a confident woman right here. She's like, yeah, do I shit my pants sometimes? Yes, but am I still a fucking bad bitch? Yes. Good for you, sister. Uh, So as I was saying, I was hanging out um, with my freshman year of high school. I'm sorry, my freshman year boyfriend at his friend's house. There were probably like seven of us total, me being the only girl. We were all just hanging out in the living room talking and oh no. (laughs) No, not at a party. 
Okay. We were all just, <laughs> it wasn't even a party. It was like just people hanging out. <laughs> it's like seven people is not party enough. I'd rather, I'd rather this happen at a party because the, the amount of people going in the bathroom is way at way higher volume. So it's way easier to kind of slip through the cracks and, and nobody will, nobody would know that it was you. Cause you could just blame it on the, Oh, somebody must've been in here before me. There's like a hundred people here, you know, whatever. But if there's seven, it's very easy to do a process of elimination at that point. Um, okay. So let's see. We were all just hanging out in the living room, talking and watching TV when I felt the feeling hit my stomach. So in my brain, I'm like, okay, this is happening any minute now. But unfortunately, the bathroom was one that the door, oh my God, the door was right off the living room. It was very close to the hang sash. Knowing it was going to be loud and violent, I had to think quick. The only idea I had was to pretend like I had to go. (laughs) Oh no. was to pretend like I needed to go out to my car to get my laptop because I had some homework that I had forgotten about. I'm sure if you can see where this is going, oh, 100% girl, I can see where this is going. Um, But yeah, as soon as I got out to my little Mercury Cougar, wow, a Mercury Cougar? Whose car was that before you had it? Was that your grandma's car? That was, my grandma had a Mercury Cougar. And I know you're younger than me because you said you watched Girl Code when you were in junior high. So you were out here rolling in a, in a Mercury Cougar. That car's like a boat. Good for you. Um, so my little Mercury Cougar, I popped a squat behind the back tire and let it out, girl. <laughs> okay. I quickly rifled through my glove box to found some old Sonic napkins. Um, okay. Naturally, some old Sonic napkins to wipe with. I, by the way, I, I, I'm sorry to sidetrack again here, but... Is there anything that is more relieving to have when you really need it other than a napkin slash tissue slash paper towel or something like that? You never need something more than than you need those types of things. It's the most grateful you ever feel when you really need a napkin or a paper towel or anything like that. There's nothing else that's more important than that. There's nothing else that is more so like, oh my God, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Oh shit, there it is. Yes, this made my fucking day because my day, it literally saved my my day. My day would have sucked if I didn't find this one tissue or one napkin or one paper towel. Hey, tell me if I'm wrong on that. That just popped into my head. So I figured I would let you guys know about that. Okay. So she wipes her ass with the, okay, Sonic napkins to wipe with. I got back in feeling like I really just pulled it off and my tummy felt better. So, oh God. So then it comes time to head back to my ex's dorm and we give one of his friends a ride home. We all get piled into the car. Oh, (sighs) We all get piled into the car and then we smelled something. No, girl, tell me how my ex's friend stepped in my shit, <laughs> stepped in my shit and was riding in the back of my car with di- my diarrhea stuck to the b- bottom of his Nikes. No, no, I don't want to be on earth anymore. Anyway, the general consensus of the car was that he stepped in gnarly dog shit and I happily let him think that, oh, thank God you got away with this girl. You pulled this off. Oh my God. First of all, I feel like you could have, you know what? You could have not shit right outside of your car. 
you know, in hindsight, I think that you could have shit literally like, like five feet away from, from the outside of your car, because it's, you just, you shit literally right out of it. And the odds of somebody stepping in that very high. Anyway, the general consensus of the car was that, okay, so we read that part. Um, just a side note, this was shortly before Trump had been announced that he was running in 2016 and the friend who stepped in my shit ended up being a crazy Trump supporter. So now I finally laugh about how he stepped in my shit. Thanks, universe. He, he. Anyway, sorry for the long ass shit crappens, but I thought you might get a good laugh out of it. Okay, I love you and your handsome angel boys and I'm sending you light and love. Oh, well, thank you. This was a goodie. This was a goodie. I, you know what I like about the shit crappens story? We always learn something. We always learn something. We're learning other people's life lessons. And I love, you guys know, my favorite stories are ones where it's just like, hey, we're all human. We're all human. Nobody's above it, you know? No one's above it. <laughs> oh, God, I love you. Oh, you kids, you keep me young. Uh, okay, wait, there was cha 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 cha. Oh, this was okay. So let's do these fuck Mary kills. So this is the email that's just a fuck Mary kill. Hey girl, don't need help right now, but I have a fuck Mary kill. First of all, love you in the pod. You remind me of so much of myself, and Ellen reminds me of my mom. Oh, that's great. Me and my mom also have our programs that we like to watch together. Oh, very cute. Shout out to your mom. Tell your mom I said hi too. Um, okay. Anyway, here's a fuck Mary kill. It's a Scientologist edition, which is insane okay um so it's let's see giovanni rubisi tom cruise and jason lee now i just had to put in jason lee because i'm really really bad with names and he's the guy from he's the star of my name is earl uh who uh i gotta say he's getting killed in in this fuck mary kill because He's just, it, it has to happen. I don't have any vendetta towards him. I don't dislike him. I don't think he's ugly. I just think that, you know, out of the other two, I got to kill him, right? I'm marrying the fuck out of Giovanni Ribisi, okay? That man, I'm pretty sure is my soulmate. I love that little spicy meatball, okay? I love that little loaf of garlic bread and i will convert to scientology if he asked me to nicely one time i would do that for him love the shit out of giovanni rubisi and i'll fuck the shit out of tom cruise too how about that is that fair i i think that in, in my humble opinion i think that jason lee doesn't stand a chance i i just don't think he stands a chance in this um, okay, let's do the other fuck Mary kill. Oh, I hope I can find the damn email. Okay, here's this one. Ooh, okay. Fuck Mary kill. Wow, this is really hard and I don't like it. Cheesecake Factory, number one. You already know that I'm sweating. Ruby Tuesdays and Applebee's. And this is hard for many reasons. Number one, you know that I love Cheesecake Factory. You know that I love Applebee's. Do I love Ruby Tuesdays? No because I haven't been there in several years. I haven't been there in at least, I mean, 15 years. Literally, I haven't been to a Ruby Tuesday. I would love to go to one because I do remember them having um, great broccoli and cheddar soup. And I'm very much a fan of that. That's might be my favorite kind of soup, like a baked potato kind of soup too. Like there was definitely a potato situation going on at the Ruby Tuesday. 
I loved it that they had a salad bar. To me, Ruby Tuesdays is pretty nostalgic because that's where I used to go. Like there was one by my house when I was young. Um, but it was very much one of those chain restaurants that, and let me know if you guys know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say this, because it's the specificity of it is pretty wild. It's one of these restaurants that when I think of it, I could smell it and it always smelled like a wet rag. Just if you've ever, if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know, that smell too. It's just that rag that you use for fucking everything. The rag that you use to just wipe every table down for an entire shift. And it smells like asshole, but you dunk it in bleach. So you think it's clean and it probably technically is, but it's actually the most disgusting thing in the world because it just has a million different types of food smell in it. It's a food smell, wet bleach rag. And that's what Ruby Tuesday smells like. And, and did I enjoy a lot of meals there? Yes, I did. Um, but I got to kill it for that reason, even though it is nostalgic to me. But uh, to me, Applebee's is, is a little bit more of a classy establishment. And you know, Cheesecake Factory is, uh, doesn't get much better than that. So I'm going to fuck the Cheesecake Factory, even though I do feel it would be kind of an overwhelming marriage because there's a lot going on. Um, it's, it's, it's very the menu's too big. The, the decorations are confusing because it's like, is this Greece or is this Italy or is this a strip mall in Indiana? Because I truly can't tell at that point. Um, so it would be kind of an overwhelming kind of chaotic type of marriage, but I'm not mad at that. And then I'm going to fuck Applebee's because they do have my favorite dessert in history, which is that chocolate um, thing that when you cut it open, it oozes love that love boneless buffalo wings love quesadillas sign me up for that i will fuck applebee's i will marry the cheesecake factory and ruby tuesday you gotta get your shit together are they still open hold on before we go i'm gonna google it ruby ruby tuesday still open question mark is ruby tuesday still wow there's wow oh my god there's a lot of them in new jersey wow so there's a Ruby Tuesday in, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. There's one in Newark. Um, okay, first of all, the one in Elizabeth, New Jersey, I might have to make a visit because it has 1,686 reviews on Yelp, which is the most insane thing in the entire world that people go home and review chain restaurants in Elizabeth, New Jersey called Ruby Tuesday. And there's a lot of five stars. I love reading bad reviews. For, this is actually what I'm going to spend the rest of my day doing. I love reading bad reviews in places like this. I would give zero stars if I could. That's how every, that's how every one star review starts. I got extreme food poisoning. <laughs> oh my God, wait. Okay, first of all, also too descriptive. This guy said, what, <laughs> first of all, people are so, there's no boundary between our real lives and the internet. Like people have no shame. Um, this guy should write in a shit crap in story because he, this man says, would give zero stars if I could, of course. I got extreme food poisoning from the dinner here after expelling every ounce of liquid from my body overnight, sir. Instead of, okay. I am finally able to hold liquids down now after 18 hours. Additionally, the service was slow. <laughs> 
service was slow. Menus and table were sticky. That's what this guy said. Sir, you need to go to the doctor because you might be dehydrated. You might be dying. And I love that he, this man said that he had explosive diarrhea for 18 hours, but also the service was slow. So the food that, that they slowly served to me gave me food poisoning, made me shit my pants for 18 hours. Okay. So would give zero stars if I could. God, that should be a segment. on. I will make an entire pot. Guys, dare me to make an entire podcast that's just reviews. Nobody steal my idea. I'm doing it. Anywho, I love you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a great week and everybody's healthy and happy and all that stuff. And we will see you next week. Bye. 